Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. Welcome to Spoken Word. I'd like to start by thanking Lost in Science for another great show on 3CR. This week on Spoken Word, we feature part two of an interview and poetry readings by Jennifer Harrison. I'd like to say welcome to 3CR today to Jennifer Harrison. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for having me on the program today. Just to move on to 2006 and, and Folly and, and Grief, which explores the traditions of Commedia dell'arte, and I can't pronounce that at all well. Yep, that's so. fine. <laughs> that's how I'd say it. Thank you. <laughs> Could you talk about that? That was certainly a book about a particular thematic interest. Yes. Uh, the interest in writing that book uh, arose from, from two uh, areas of thought and interest. Uh, the first was uh, at the time I was photographing uh, street theatre performers and I have a quite a large series of photographs from those years. On the other side, um, I had um, developed some life-threatening illness which I then dealt with for probably about 10 years of my adult life, a quite significant illness. And I found with um, the trauma of repeated um, medical uh, events and and worries that one starts to live with a mask somewhat so that you don't share that ongoing trauma with people in your everyday life but it's there very much in in your internal world when you're struggling to deal with issues of survival and managing day-to-day tasks, bringing up children work. Um, So I think the particular interest I had in folly and grief was uh, this kind of interface between the mask and the performance and the inner world of uh, a person. I think that theme followed through somewhat into my new and selected poems published more recently and particularly in the long sequence Columbine. Um, And I feel with the Columbine sequence, I've been able to put that particular theme in my work aside, and so I'm moving on to other things at the moment. I think deep themes, and I think I encourage people to get out there and read the work because I could ask you, you know, for example, what would the the mask um, mean? Like, is it a coping mechanism? But I don't think that's the type of question I want to ask because I think yeah. you've taken the time to actually write these poems which answer that question in, in, in many Absolutely. ways. And yeah. the, the illness I had was breast cancer and that's very much in the um, in the public eye at the moment yeah. um, with Angelina Jolie's um, yeah. decision to have bilateral mastectomies. Uh, so the mask is, uh, I don't think a... And I'm happy to answer that question because I don't think it's a a coping mechanism, but it is. It's almost um, becomes part of you 
in getting through that particular period. And it also gives you an insight into the fact um, that the external and internal world can suddenly become so disparate and different that you, you are more aware um, of um, your alienation at times from the world because of a particular individual trauma. Yeah. After René Char's Receiving Orion, a love poem. The idea that you exist did not exist until I met myself in you. You are not transformed by this any more than a sapling by its shadow. Nothing bled, the rain stopped. I felt the happiness of washed leaves, a lilac tree nodding with honey eaters. But you, who look for love under eaves at midnight or in the mountains of huddled mystery, you, who bend gracefully towards the lavender rising from sleep in the hope there are clues to be found in the tumbled sheets of a borrowed bed, you who search for proof of life until the body has nothing left, in the season past and in the evidence to come, without need to explain yourself, you will sip at the edges of reflection, you will say, I do not love you, and move on. You're listening to 3CR 855 AM, the voice of the community. 3CR Community Radio, giving the voice to the community since 1976. We continue now with part two of Poetry and an interview with Jennifer Harrison. Talking about your, your most recent writing work and, and what's um, been happening for you there, Jennifer? Well, this year I have an Australia Council grant for new, a new book and I'm interested in trying to, again, bring together some disparate uh, parts of my life. I think in the Cabramatta Cadmira book, I was bringing together two different um, ancestral um, themes. In their new work, I'm interested in bringing together the discourses and languages of poetry and science. So again, these are um, uh, two areas uh, that I work in in my life. I'm a child psychiatrist and I work at the Alfred Hospital with children in the Child and Youth Mental Health Service. And um, I also write and publish poetry. Now, they're very different discourses, um, but each um, has its own interests, particularly from a linguistic language point of view. So in the new work, I'm interested in exploring in poetry ideas of contemporary science that are affecting us and our world. And I think it's a particularly interesting time 
to be attempting to write this work because of um, the Human Genome Project, global warming, so many scientific challenges, both medical but also in the wider scientific uh, community. There's so much new language emerging too to explore as well. Absolutely. I've always um, tended to slip in a bit of scientific language into my poetry and um, so perhaps this is just a further exploration of that. But she can't take part in the mercenary world of words. But she can't take part in the mercenary world of wars, the consonants, tiny thefts. As ministers share prize possibilities in boardrooms bright with paintings as colourful as iridophores. And you're also working on an anthology at the moment. Um, could you talk about that, please? There are a couple of anthology ideas for the future that um, I've got in mind. One is a future anthology with um, Kate Waterhouse, who's now in New Zealand. And that particular anthology, we'd like to look at uh, the different traditions um, of landscape poetry in Australia and New Zealand. So bringing together our two countries and their traditions and seeing you know, how they, they differ and what they, how they speak to each other. So that's a really exciting work. It's been a, a bit hard to get that going since uh, Kate's moved to New Zealand, back to New Zealand, but um, we're still interested in pursuing that particular project. And the other anthology project that um, I've got in mind for the future is um, the Dax Poetry Collection Anthology. I'm working now at the Dax Centre, which is the Australian Collection of Mental Health Art, yeah. where I'm involved in uh, developing uh, the poetry collection as part of that collection. And um, we're just uh, setting up um, that at the moment and we'll be having our launch of the Dax Poetry Collection on the 15th of August this year at the Dax Centre. Yeah. And what we'll be looking to do is to collect um, Australia-wide um, poems that actually speak to mental health and mental health problems, trauma and trauma problems. And um, in the aim that this will um, provide a resource for educating um, people about mental health, for destigmatizing mental health and really gaining insight into the experience of mental health problems through poetry. Great, terrific, thank you. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for speaking with us today on 3CR. There's, there's some great sites on the internet. If people were to put your name in there, Jennifer Harrison, which um, not only include some of your projects, but there's a lot of poetry examples, which I think that's a great starting point, and the books are readily available. Your voice made me feel it was okay to write about landscape in the way that your own upbringing merging with the landscape, think about tackling theme on a bigger scale and all those type of things. It's a, it's a wonderful journey you've been on and I think it's interesting that you've also been a photojournalist because when I look at 
your life as, as a poet? It seems like an exciting adventure, like you've gone from one project onto a very different theme and, and moved from here to there to there. And Oh, thank you so much for, for that, Peter. That um, really moves me to feel that, you know, someone's out there responding to the poetry you write. I'd love to be a professional photojournalist, but I must say that I'm more of a private photojournalist. Um, but you know that um, into conversations between different uh, forms of art, literature and photography, visual art, um, dance, music, is extremely exciting and um, it's wonderful to explore different ways of um, expressing yourself. So photography is uh, particularly um, one that appeals to me because it's very like poetry in some ways because you're placing images together, you're dealing with spontaneity and um, trying to capture, I suppose, certain feelings and moments in time in your work. Light and shade of emotion in the words. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you very much. You're listening to 3CR 855 AM, the voice of the community. 3CR Community Radio, giving the voice to the community since 1976. You're listening to Spoken Word on Community Radio 3CR, where community voices make a big splash. Here's one of the poems that will be going into that book, the anthology Jennifer just mentioned about mental health. Psychiatric Ward My doctor is fishing without bait, the sun is thinking about our mutual tiredness and tenderness and loves. As the sun sets, we are no longer afraid of long stares, without another forced memory to alter our drifting. Heartbeats, we are children without things to swap, and grass without pages and poems without patience. Today, it's ping-pong and overfeeding the pigeons in the psychiatric ward courtyard. These birds have found such peace within the slowly moving people. Wild with all our untrimmed nose hairs, I'm my chasing muse rather than allowing it to come to me as the wild, curious animal. My child visits me amongst the mentally ill and I ask him to play our old favourite game and he replies, we can't play that anymore daddy because last time we blew it up in our imaginations. 
Sometimes the story grows itself hopelessly, like a tree root extending onto cement, no ability to find dirt, yet through holy blindness is searching. I undo my smiling shoelaces and my lost career opportunities, all adding together to be JD's one-word poem of delighted. I don't like scientific studies of human body language that teach us to interpret the position of a person. I like to feel the body language rather than intellectualise. Think of infants in cots using fingers to draw bird flight. But now I am waking in the pill spills of a ward, feeling farther too much within me, rocking to the rhythm of a pigeon's coo, and watching another suicide at Root's End. And thank you very much to the listener who phoned 3CR in feedback to say thank you for part one of Jennifer Harrison's program last week. And we'll finish thank you to you with a repeat of one poem from that show, The Cuttlefish Poem, which was very much enjoyed by yourself and many listeners. Cuttlefish 2. So this is a poem called Cuttlefish 2. In my first book, Michelangelo's Prisoners, there was a, a poem called Cuttlefish. Um, this poem is quite influenced by global warming and the difficulties that our planet is facing. The giant Australian cuttlefish is drifting, collecting nutrients in her chiffon frill. Inland, near Roxby Downs, the huge Olympic dam is being gouged from South Australian soil. But here in the bay, she's swallowing ocean water, propelling herself away from nearer prey, the bottlenose dolphin, a predator, higher in the chain. She squirts a cloud of ink, like the veil of a storybook widow we might read about in Dickens or a fine romance. Quaint in protest, arcane, doesn't she know that the defences of her species have not kept pace with change? The planned Port Bonython desalination plant will tongue through earth along a 320-kilometre pipeline. But she can't take part in the mercenary world of words, the consonants' tiny thefts, as ministers share price possibilities in boardrooms bright with paintings as colourful as iridophiles. She is larger than what we try to piece together with science, but she cannot drift to higher ground and cannot fathom the futility of her fierce and obsolete defence. The plot is hashed online, the predator, a keypad, twitter of iPhone songs stained with human energy. Giants are invisible, of course. What do we know of beanstalks? 
always the boy climbing higher to win the bread and beans. Triumphant BHP, uranium tailings filling dams that might leak eight million tonnes per year. And still she mates with currents old as sunlight, her progeny feeding on crustaceans, reef fish and tommy ruffs. A river will naturally cleanse water. An ocean is the engineer of water's soul, the kindly squeeze of habitat. Until we start living by sunshine, we won't be happy, I hear her say, gliding out there near Point Lowly in the middle of False Bay. You've been listening to Spoken Word on Community Radio 3CR and today we heard readings by Jennifer Harrison, a well-loved Melbourne poet. (laughs) 